0: Welcome to The District Podcast, brought to you by The Spectator World, the U.S. edition of The Spectator Magazine. I'm contributing editor Chad Moore in New York City. In his 1948 essay, Here's New York, author E.B. White marveled at the resilience of New Yorkers. Every facility is inadequate, he wrote. The hospitals and the schools and playgrounds are overcrowded. The express highways are feverish. The unimproved highways and bridges are bottlenecks. There is not enough air and not enough light. And there's usually either too much heat or too little. But the city makes up for its hazards and deficiencies by supplying its citizens with massive doses of a supplementary vitamin. The sense of belonging to something unique, cosmopolitan, mighty and unparalleled, he wrote. Anyone who has spent their entire adult life in New York can probably relate. It's never been a nice or comfortable or even reasonable place to live, and yet they'll continue to insist it's the best and the only place to be. The last two decades, New Yorkers have come together, endured, and powered through one catastrophe one catastrophe after another, it seems. From 9-11 to the 2003 blackout, the financial collapse of 2008, Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Irene, the COVID-19 pandemic most recently – and most of, us, most of us who stuck around through the entirety of the pandemic assumed New York would come out stronger and better on the other side, just as it always had before. But, no, but now no one is sure if that's entirely the case. The pandemic seemed to expose something about the people here and its leaders that we either hadn't noticed before or is entirely new. New York Post columnist and Spectator World contributing editor Carol Markowitz recently described herself as a New York supremacist. She was raised in Brooklyn and was one of the city's strongest cheerleaders, insisting as recently as 2016 that there was no way she'd ever leave. Last month, she did leave for Florida, like so many are doing right now. She recently wrote about that decision in an essay on Fox News' website saying, quote, My leaving New York story isn't about how hard it got to live here. It was always hard, and I loved every second. It's about a shift that happened in New York society and how deeply scarring it was. I'm pleased to be joined by Carol, who is a terrific writer, a fierce mama bear, and generally an all-around great woman. Carol, thanks for coming on. I want to ask you first, what was that shift that you talked about? When did you notice it, and what did you mean by saying it was deeply scarring? Because when I read that, I felt like I knew exactly what you were talking about.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Chadwick. It's great to be on with you. Um, you know, the events that you described, the you know, 9-11 and the financial crisis and the hurricanes and all of it, I would never leave New York. I thought it was the greatest place on Earth, and every time something bad happened to us we emerged stronger better prouder uh it just it always seemed to make us just more cohesive as a city whereas the pandemic really tore us apart it was a lot of factors um and it's happening you know not just in new york but in a lot of blue places um around the country but so i mean just on a a micro level the the rise of the Karens and the the conformity of the left, all of that joined with a pandemic to make things unbearable in the city. Uh, Suddenly, people were policing each other's masking. They were policing whether uh, people were having guests over in their house. This was actually happening in the spring of 2020. Uh, People were posting on Facebook boards like, I saw people coming into this house. Should I call the police? Um, the conformity that, you know, I know you and I know a lot about was just on display in a really specific way with the pandemic where you weren't allowed to question any part of it, even if it obviously made no sense. It had a, a very emperor has no clothes feel to it. I, I never quite understood that story until the pandemic where it was like, no, you have to wear a mask the two feet to your table at a restaurant. It's just safety. Um, And suddenly it became just not okay to question any part of it. And if you were questioning any part of it, then you wanted people to die. And I think even all of that I could have put up with. I could have dealt with. My husband and I might have fought through it. He's also a lifelong New Yorker. He grew up in Queens. Um, But our three kids were the target for a lot of it. Um, And I just saw that... They were never going to have normal lives in New York, ever. Not next year, not the year after that, not the year after that. Um, Every time somebody talks about masking during flu seasons, it was clear to me that my kids were going to continue to suffer under these rules that, again, were not to be questioned. And all of that just joined to push us all out. We never thought about leaving New York. I still think it's the greatest city in the world. Uh, I just think that it's in a really terrifying, terrible moment right now. And while I might've struggled through it, my husband might've struggled through it, we couldn't put our kids through it.
0: God, that's so well said. And I had... A, a similar experience, maybe this is also what you felt were, you know, the, at the beginning of the pandemic and even several months in, it's like, okay, we're all going to wear our little masks and, <laughs> and abide by the rules and whatever. But then it got to a point where I was looking around and still seeing people do this and behave in this way and, and caring one another. And I'm like, I don't think I even know these people anymore. Right. It was a really a terribly isolating um, yeah. feeling for the place that I felt like I knew so well and belonged in. And
1: yeah, I kept thinking, where are my badass New Yorkers? Like New Yorkers know a scam when they see it. And this is so obviously a scam. Um, I it, Obviously, the masks don't work. Like, how is that not clear? I mean, even, you know, January 2022, I'm still having these debates, even though many people on the left have accepted that, the cloth masks don't work. the the medical masks don't work. they, they you know they we're gonna find out that the n ninety fives don't work either, but whatever, let them have their n ninety five moment, but they you know, the idea that you're still masking kids in masks that you know don't work, all of that to me is just it's uh, it shows the mania. and I don't see them snapping out of it. I really expected so much from my New Yorkers. I thought, You know nobody sees through the bs better than new yorkers do what's happening here oh
0: god that's so true so well put i mean that's exactly what i've been feeling and it's it's maddening and and sad and and you you had wrote um you know that that a lot of this was about your children and you just had mentioned that you made up this really great point in um uh a piece in the new york post where you said that when uh when mayor bill de blasio announced vaccine mandates in october And kids under 11 were not eligible for vaccines yet. He failed to exempt them until media pointed out this an error. There's a quote from your article. And you said, um, it was as if kids in the city simply didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you talk a little more about that?
1: Yeah, it was, I mean... All these parents on Twitter were like, wait, they didn't say anything about kids under 11. And then it turned out that they had simply forgotten about them. They literally forgot that kids existed and needed to be exempt from this. Now, I think all the vaccine mandates are horrible and I think that they're pointless. That's really what kills me. It's like, I I don't know, I think in another time, I always wonder about this, but like, would I be for the vaccine mandates if this was a different kind of vaccine like if it was if it was like a vaccine for the measles where you get it and then you don't get the measles um or if you could achieve herd immunity and i i don't know i am not pretending that in a different situation i wouldn't be for um you know kind of forcing people into it uh but this is not working and it's like that's the 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 mind-boggling thing about this is like it's failed at every turn and yet we keep doing it and we won't stop we refuse to stop and the vaccine mandates are such a great example of that because they were introduced as a way to keep you know the the very moral vaccinated people away from those yucky unvaccinated people and now it's like no no it wasn't for that it was to um you know try to get more people vaccinated it wasn't it wasn't Uh, because we believe that the vaccinated people could be safe together. But that's exactly how it was sold. It was sold like you want to be safe at a restaurant. You want to be with other vaccinated people. And now it turns out that vaccinated people obviously spread the virus, get the virus. I mean, all of it. Uh, And yet we won't change tactics at all.
0: Uh, it's yeah it's just continuing to continually digging their heels in and and it's almost like they can't admit they were wrong or they still have to have faith in this vaccine and the vac- the unvaccinated are still demonized and mocked and laughed at you had this la times column last week um Basically, ridiculing, mocking this this California assemblywoman who was against vaccine mandates, who they say died of COVID. I doubt that she was forty six and healthy. Uh, maybe died with COVID, not from it. But um, but they still think it's okay to mock and ridicule. Uh, and yet now we have the science in that it's not working. And even if even if um, you know the unvaccinated were spreading this around, well, it's their decision not to get vaccinated. So let them deal with the consequences. Why are you so worried about it?
1: Right. If you're, I mean, I am vaccinated, and I was always like, "I'm vaccinated. What do I care if you're, you know, anybody around me is unvaccinated? What does that have to do with me?" It's, it's again, we're not. This is a virus that we cannot get herd immunity. Um, scientists have been saying this for a long time. This was in you know fringe publications like the New York Times, where herd immunity is not possible, and this is like a long time ago at this point. Um, and yet, we still continue to pretend that we're going to reach some level where enough people are vaccinated that they're not going to get it. I mean, it's just not working. And again, like to me, the, the people that have the signs like, you know, in this house, we believe like they don't believe any of that. They don't even believe in like the most basic science facts that have emerged throughout the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And it's it's like living in the twilight zone, looking at these people. Uh, well, now here in New York, even though you you are no longer uh, with us in the city, but I'm sure you're still following what's happening there. We have a new mayor, obviously, less than two weeks in. Um, he's proving to be uh, controversial already. Um, just, he's, the schools are still open, um, mm-hmm. but the kids have to be Vaccinated. Um, there are lots of other things we can dabble into, but did a lot of people thought he was going to be different? They thought because he ran yeah. on this kind of law and order platform and he was a cop. Did you share that optimism that he would be any different than de Blasio or well, any of these like, other it's progressives?
1: Harder, it's very hard to be worse than de Blasio. So, yeah, <laughs> right. I, I definitely did. I have to just clarify that kids at schools do not need to be vaccinated yet, um, but that everybody's very worried that that's coming and kids right. are, you know, I are going to have to get vaccinated for something that's really not a threat to them and that does not lead to herd immunity. So what are we doing? Um, But yeah, absolutely. I I was optimistic because it couldn't get any worse. And I just saw him as the most reasonable of that crazy field. That's the other thing. It's like New York sort of did pick the most normal of the democratic uh, field at that point and so yeah it's a little optimistic that new yorkers didn't go with like maya wiley or something um but still it's it's not anywhere near the kind of sanity that's going to turn the city around um you know a, a lot of people say to me like why did you wait so long to leave new york or um new york has always been awful and i'm like no new york was amazing it was amazing it was the Giuliani years, the Bloomberg years, that was my adulthood, you know. I Giuliani was there for 8 years and Bloomberg was there for 12, and I had problems with both of them, but like they really understood what made the city tick and they knew how to fix problems. So Giuliani began kind of the 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 renaissance in New York and Bloomberg continued it. And it was going so well that we coasted into the de Blasio years. And for the first few years of the de Blasio administration, things were still amazing because they had been so good for so long. Uh, And then when things started to take a dive, I mean, obviously de Blasio's policies had to eventually have their effect. Uh, But then the with coupled with the pandemic, it just it really brought things uh, to a head. So Eric Adams is going to have a real tough climb out of what has happened in New York, and I just don't see that he's up for the challenge. I I'm not sure that he can make the kind of decisions that need to be made. I, for example. Um, in the first few days that he was in office uh he was going out and he was going to restaurants he was going out meeting people uh and i forgot what i think it was the new york times asked him like is this responsible um and he was like yeah it's my city i'm going out like it's uh, you know these businesses need to come back and I, that's it and i was like yeah good good um and then he continued the vaccine mandate like i again not to keep bringing it back to kids but Children uh, in many countries around the world, most countries actually uh, are not eligible for the vaccine. They don't have the vaccine for under 11 yet. So when de Blasio enacted this, there were people on Twitter being like, I have tickets to come to New York City from Britain next week, and we don't have a vaccine for under 11 yet. So what are we supposed to do? And there's just no thought about giving to any of this. Like the tourists are going to come here from all different kinds of places where even if they wanted to vaccinate their kids, they couldn't. Um, And the solution that people are offering is like, well, get them vaccinated in New York because what I like to do on vacation is go get my kids shots. Um, And so (laughs) I, I just don't see him understanding that like the tourist dollars are going to go elsewhere and They're going to go elsewhere. Even forget about kids. Like I hated showing my vaccination card. It was like just really vile to me. Like some maitre d' at some restaurant asking me personal medical information that does nothing to keep anybody else safe really made me mad. And so I, you know, basically we stopped going out. We we barely went out in our last few months in New York. Um, We just really did not appreciate having to show our papers when we went to a restaurant. Uh, And so... I imagine that there's a lot of people like us who, even if they are vaccinated, are not interested in coming to a city where they have to prove it. And so they're going to go elsewhere. And the faster Mayor Adams realizes that, the better it'll be for New York City, because he will realize it. New York City is going to continue to suffer without tourists, and they're they're going to make a change. It's just when is that change going to be made?
0: yeah he sort of he started striking me as someone who flatters very easily like you know he started like hanging out with some celebrities i think he was like photographed with de niro and then he was on bill maher's show and he seems to be really loving the cable news right now so i was like that's a little troublesome and then when he said he was gonna get he was he wanted to, to i believe he said he wanted to support vaccinations for school children i mean the kids have to be vaccinated to yeah. Yeah, go no, he out said that now like adults it, yeah 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 then i began to get then i began to realize maybe it wasn't that great and then i you know there's this um issue now with it. He's hiring his brother for a $242,000 a year salary to be deputy commissioner for the police department. Uh, His brother has been uh, working in the like parking enforcement division at uh, Virginia College for the last 10 years. But he said that he needed his brother as protection because white supremacy and hate crimes are a big issue in New York City. Is white supremacy a big issue in New York City as a native New Yorker? What would you say about that? Uh, yeah, I
1: you know, no, I, I have not seen white supremacists in New York. It's just it's it's a made up idea. It really is. It's so comical um, that there are white supremacists walking around New York and mayor Adams Adams is in danger because of him. Like, please, like, you should really watch out for Antifa a lot faster than you should watch out for the imaginary white supremacists of New York City.
0: I mean, yeah, can you imagine this A white supremacist? How would a white supremacist uh, mentally and emotionally survive in New York City when (laughs) they step outside of their door and there's every possible race and ethnicity and gender yeah. Right in front of them. I think they would uh go insane. I don't think right. that would be a place that you would find many of them. Uh, well so you're in Florida now. How how are you settling into Florida? And um uh do you miss New York? What's happening down there? What what's uh, it's how amazing. are you feeling?
1: It's amazing. I am happy every single day. Um I, I don't know. it, it just that my kids going to school like normal human beings is giant for me. They go to school maskless, um, and they don't eat outside on the ground in the cold like they did in New York City. And they're allowed to, you know, mingle with their friends. They're allowed to do all kinds of, you know, normal children activities. And it's just... I, I don't have to worry about some somebody doing something crazy to them. Um, my youngest son is starting flag football this weekend I, I didn't even I didn't even have to ask, is it masked because obviously it's not masked and it's the sanity is so nice and I just don't remember. Feeling this kind of comfort in what's happening with my kids in a long time. And look, it's not easy. It is not easy to move. It's not easy to move in in a lot of ways. Um, Again, we we loved New York. We didn't want to leave. We feel like we were forced out. Um, My kids had you know friends. They had their lives. They're not like super excited to leave everybody behind. We have a really tight knit family. Everybody's still in New York. Although you know we're kind of hoping they all eventually follow. Um, So nothing about it is easy. And yet we're so happy and just feel so lucky and blessed that we get to be here in this free place at this moment where so many people are just not free and not able to live as openly and freely as we are. And it's it's all because the governor led the way on it. I really feel like if Governor DeSantis hadn't pushed opening in spring of 2021 and fall of 2020, I'm sorry, spring of 2020, fall of 2020, um, I think a lot of the states would still be locked down, like completely locked down. I think New York would still be locked down. I, I, I think he made other states see that we weren't going to go outside and all drop dead. And I, it's, it's been under his leadership that Florida has really become this beacon of freedom.
0: Well, we wish you and your family the best of luck and and congratulations on making it out. And uh, you can find Carol Markowitz in the New York Post, in the Spectator World, on Twitter, um, all over the place, Fox News regular. Um, Carol, thank you for joining us. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you, Chadwick. Come visit.
0: I will. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out more at spectatorworld.com. And if you'd like to listen to us, please check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available.